Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Luck. I'm a writer for the Athletic, and I'm along with my colleague Jordan Bianchi. We are back after a split podcast where we uh, divided things up for Memorial Day, and we were joined by our lovely guests Nate Ryan and Bob Pockers. We appreciate their help, but now we're back to uh, talk about Gateway. And I'm here overlooking the track right now, overlooking the start finish line as. Fans are uh, still attending a, a concert, uh, doing some sort of track walk, uh, just walking around exploring uh, over an hour after the race here. So uh, been a been a big day here, big pack stands, and I thought they had a, a pretty decent race. Uh, Jordan, how are you doing, and what did you think of everything you saw today? I'm doing well. Glad to have you back. Miss you, buddy. I love I love Nate, love Bob. I'm glad they help out. Um, big fans of their work. But being able to do the podcast with you is always special, so I'm glad you're back. Um, the race, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I think like you, I think our expectations were kind of muted coming in. And, you know, Gateway is, is very similar to, to Phoenix, to Richmond, um, two racetracks that haven't been the best showcase for this next-gen car. And we heard a lot of drivers say that passing was going to be tough, this going to be track position. But I thought what well, the action on the racetrack was, was pretty good, not not just because of the Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott thing that was going on, but we saw drivers able to come from the back to the front. Ryan Blaney did it, Martin Truex Jr. did it, some other drivers did it. Um, and then the finish. I thought the finish with, with Joey Logano hounding Kyle Busch over those last few laps, right before that last restart, was terrific. It was great theater. And then you had the, the restart and, and Logano figuring out how to pass Kyle and then Kyle kind of passing him back. and all of that back and forth, I thought that was really, really good. And I think at the end of the day, I think those are the two big takeaways from this race or what happened with Chastain and Hamlin and Elliott and then the finish and everything in between is going to largely be forgotten. And I thought this was a, a successful first race for Gateway. Things obviously can be tweaked and we'd like to see some tire wear, things like that. But that you can work on down the road. I, I thought for the first race, Gateway did a good job. Yeah, you know, when we had talked to the drivers on Friday – um, and, and Saturday too. Uh, we actually had a three day weekend, uh, which was, um, unusual for these, <laughs> these days in NASCAR. But, uh, when we talked to them, you know, they were, they were pretty, I mean, the expectations were fairly low. I mean, it was like, look, I mean, this car, as you said, it, it this hasn't been the best showcase or we didn't think this type of track would work as well. And so, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the, the, there was enough, um, the tires didn't really wear, but the track widened out enough to let them race. I mean, you saw, you know, three wide at times and, and, uh, you know, there was follow the leader certainly after got, would get strung out after restarts. But, um, first of all, you know, it, it was, it was a short enough race, um, and you know, 300 miles, uh, it still took, ended up taking over three hours, but it, it wasn't like, you were like, oh man, this is never going to end. Uh, first of all, and, and second of all, um, 
There was a lot of unpredictability, uh, and Ross Chastain spiced things up quite a bit today just by himself. So there was really, it, it seemed like there was something going on for most of the race where you weren't too, like, it, it didn't just feel stale or something. It didn't drag. Know? Um, and, and also I think, you know, the, the fan attendance for me, I mean, the, the atmosphere here was great. So it felt like, you know, there was something big that was going to happen and people were going to react or, um, and then, you know, to have, um, the overtime, the, you know, go the way it did and the slide jobs and the crossovers and all that stuff. I mean, it was good. It was, you know, again, my expectations weren't very high at all, but it, it certainly exceeded them. So, um, yeah, I think NASCAR can come away from this feeling, feeling pretty good overall. Um, I'm not sure Ross Chastain will feel too good after today. <laughs> I, I mean, it, that, that seemed like a little bit of a messy race for him. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about disappointments. I mean, I, I fully expected. I thought we were going to see some kind of uh, post-race fracas on pit road for sure. Um, and we didn't get that. It was it was different. A very contrite Ross Chastain. You talked to Ross. What were your impressions? Well, I stuck my recorder in. I, I wouldn't say I talked to him. Uh, there was a lot of people there. Um, you know, he... I saw you on TV. You look good. Oh, well, you know, I tried, Jordan. I, I know you're... You're the one that's been on the on TV, so I just thought, well, man, I you know, here I am. I I might be pulling a Jordan here, so I better I better not pick my nose or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so you know, he obviously was just immediately taking the blame on himself and just saying I drove over my head. I shouldn't even be in this car if I drive this way. I mean, there was no like sort of defiance that I heard. It was just like I I just screwed up all day and I can't believe I made this many mistakes kind of thing. Um, Denny Hamlin, uh, was sort of the opposite where he was sort of vowing revenge, but explaining that the reason he didn't, you know, he was obviously messing with Chastain the rest of the day after there, after he got punted. Um, but you know, he, he could have taken him out and didn't. And, and the reason why he was saying is that you, you have to make it count some other time because Chastain had fallen back enough that it had Denny taken him out at that point. Denny's basically saying, well, it's not going to be even because, you know, I was in a, a better position and my day got ruined. Um, Ross, you know, he had his incident with Elliot later and then Elliot kind of got him. And so Denny was like, I don't, I don't need to do anything. I'm, I'm going to wait. And he said, you know, sometimes you got to put these, these guys hard into the wall to uh, send a message. And he made it, clear or at least from his point that that message is going to be coming he was asked specifically about you know would that come in the playoffs and he kind of he backed off in that way he's like ah, i don't really know about that um but you know he he kind of <laughs> wants to make it count uh at some point so don't be surprised to see that that payback come uh and and what you saw wasn't the payback but um so that wasn't the payback then so the multiple attempts to like swerve and like hit him and he wasn't that, attempting that was just to swerve and hit him though he was just he pushed him into the down to the grass he was almost. just he I was mean, messing with them you know he was trying to make so that's his not day that's not payback that was just kind of messing with how was that payback he didn't touch him well I, i'm at i'm i'm at I, I'm, that's what i'm clarifying is like so it wasn't payback that was just him messing with it it wasn't a failed payback attempt no i it didn't sound like it but i it didn't look like it to me either i mean that Payback is when you, it's like an eye for an eye type situation, right? Like, well, I I get that, yeah. but it did, did look like to me that he was trying to pay him back, but he didn't do it in the he did wasn't oh, able I to successfully. No, I never felt payback. that way. I never felt that way. I thought he was just trying to mess with him. I didn't think he was okay. taking swipes at him and, and missing like um, Danica did 
uh, with Landon Castle that one time or whatever. Um, and just, you know, it was it Ryan Sieg too, who missed right with Ty Gibbs. Yeah. Um, Ryan Sieg at Ty Gibbs, uh, Las Vegas earlier this year. Yeah. Then that was a whiff, right? I didn't, I didn't interpret Hamlin's move as a whiff. I, I interpreted it as, Hey, I'm sending a message and I'm going to make your day miserable and try to troll you essentially. But okay. I think, I think he's going to, you know, just like, just like with Byron at some point in Lugano, you would think, um, Byron will, you know, pay Lugano back. Cause I, I don't think they're, I mean, I guess Lugano has said they're even, but I didn't see it that way. So anyway, I don't think Byron um, does either. say what Byron doesn't either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I just think that's another one to put on the list. I wish we, we should like keep like a master list of, uh, you know, the beef list or whatever. And, uh, that's a good idea. Then we can sort of just keep it as a tally like okay this guy owes this guy or you know it doesn't even matter if they actually owe them this guy thinks he owes this guy or you know because yeah, that, that's the thing because sometimes it's it's different and um yeah so anyway you know like like for instance though i think elliot already did his payback with chastain because elliot bumped him and sent him up into the wall so that i think elliot took care of that right away and he's done with it from my interpretation okay what do you we need no? like a master like judge or ruler of this of you know like hey okay we are going to clarify that that we are classifying that as payback you guys are square denny we don't feel that was payback you were just kind of as you said trolling him a little bit messing with him ruining his day yes you still owe ross one at your discretion and when you apply it i'm I, listen if this is a job that is necessary i'm happy to take this job i don't think it's that hard <laughs> i really don't because no, it's probably not. You can be Judge Jeff. Like, and that's why, you know, the Logano Byron thing disagreed with that interpretation, obviously. Um, because, you know, it, to me, it, it just, it, it's all about being relatively even or looking sure. somewhat of the same incidents and somewhat of the same results. Um, you know, you want to make it hurt. You want to, you want to hurt them in, in, in a, in a, meaningful way of like we saw last year with Harvick and Elliot where Harvick went after Elliot in the, in the cutoff race, because it was his opportunity to really kind of stick it to Elliot. You, you don't want to just do it some random time where, like you said, it doesn't, you know, you just kind of shrug your shoulders in Ross's case, he's in the playoffs. He's got two wins. They're like, Oh yeah, you're going to crash me at gateway. Okay. Well, whatever. Well, and Kenny Wallace, I mean, he, he, he mentioned this briefly on the broadcast too, but he, we talked about it on the 12 questions this week. Um, and he had a really great comment about how Earnhardt, taught him that you know he said the, the, the kids today they all want to pay back right away they think you got to get them back right away and he said what they really got to do is oh right now dale earnhardt uh dale earnhardt's wrangler car is driving by me on pit road i hope this is not oh. somebody stealing this car um kind of looks like a fan they're probably loading it somewhere in well the he's driving it away so uh well it's funny that you're just talking about dale earnhardt so it's a nice little, yeah that you know, was that was that was very odd yeah the three car just came out of nowhere right on the window right below me and started driving by <laughs> uh so anyway he taught kenny wallace apparently like hey wait till phoenix which was at the time the second to last race of the year or you know or late in the season anyway and uh you know wait wait till phoenix and then do it then after they've already pretty much forgotten and so that they to the, to the point where they question it and they go you know what well, why do you do that and then you go remember that like that that would be the the way to do it um now obviously the playoffs that's what Jeff Gordon did. that you know yeah that's right with Boyer um yeah. so you know the, the playoffs changed that to where that those last 10 are, are way more meaningful than these current ones but um you know you can still you can still pay them back in, in a different way or earlier before that 
uh, late in the regular season or whatever. But, I mean, the thing is, Ross Chastain's going to have speed. He's going to be in position to win again. And um, he's not making friends, unfortunately for him. Um, you know, Good for us, bad for him. Well, it's certainly a, an interesting talking point, but you know the way he races. I mean, th- and, and the thing was with Elliot's radio chatter, you could hear too. Like that wasn't the first time that Elliot has gotten upset with Ross Chastain, and that was like his last straw kind of thing to where he would go after him right away. Um, I just think, you know, the, the way that Chastain, it must be that it's in his nature to sort of race that way, and sometimes he just, you know, he can't control it. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's trying <laughs> he's to work very hard it, like, to become sort of a different driver, but yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just kind of revert back, and like you said, I mean, he, I think Kevin Harvick was the one that really kind of helped him a little bit, kind of shape it, you know, shape, it kind of channel that aggressiveness, if you will, and not being that way all the time and just kind of picking and choose your spots. But sometimes, you know, <laughs> it's it's hard. And to Ross's credit, like he he has said, like he owns it, and he owns it on a couple fronts. Is one, hey, that's who I am. This is, you know, I had to fight and scratch and crawl to get to where I am. I'm in a great opportunity because of that. And I need to take full advantage of that. And good for him. And secondly, I, I, I admire what he said post race, which is like, hey, I messed up. I screwed up completely. You don't hear that often from guys owning it to that degree. I I can buy that, but does that matter? Oh no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. Not at all. I mean, it's, yeah, I guess it's not going to get him off. The, you know, Hamlin's not going to no, go. No, I mean, Denny Hamlin's not going to be like, oh, it's okay. I, he fell on his sword. No, that doesn't matter because at all. Because Hamlin also said, from, and from his perspective, he's like, you know, it must not be getting through to him because even after our incident, he still had that thing with the with the nine. So he's like, you you would think somewhere in, in your, your conscious, you would go, uh, you know, I, I'm aware that I'm doing these things and yeah. hitting people. Um yeah, it's just it's just not taken very kindly at this level as as we've seen. So yeah, and to me, and I'm curious how you think about this. Like, I don't view those incidents like one and the same. Like the the first incident with Hamlin, like 100. percent Like Ross got in there too aggressively and kind of just pushed his way through, bullied his way through. The one the the one with Elliot though, if I'm not, I had to go back and look, but it was like they were, they were in tight confines. He had a really, really ill-advised three wide. Uh, was that okay on, that, on, on the Elliot move? I think. Yeah, I just I, like I mean he didn't I need to force I, that, I think. I think that was what his no. point was, but yeah, and, and, it's and just to me Chastain, it's a different Chastain didn't really specifically at least that I heard say anything about the Denny part. He was more on the the Elliot part like, you know, when when he was asked about both, he kind of said, "Well, the Elliot thing and he ran with it." And then he kind of made like the overarching statement. Um, but pun intended. Oh, yeah, arching. Yeah, thank you. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i still feel like i mean the, the thing with hamlin though because and i you're right because they are different but he was racing hamlin really hard he couldn't get past him for a while i mean that, that stage one they were going back and forth and having a great battle you know within the top five and then it looked like he just was just like out ah, of hell with it i'm i'm done with this and and you know yeah. got rid of him essentially um and that's what you know it I guess Larry Mack said on TV, well, he was on the brakes, um, but it it certainly didn't wasn't a good look. So, I think that's where, you know, the the retribution part of it comes in. But I think that I I don't think the code is as complicated as as people might make it out at times. I think it's pretty straightforward, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't think it's complicated. I think it's pretty clear what that line is and. 
I don't think they also think it doesn't matter what the other person thinks if they're they're in the right or not. It's a, it's what the aggrieved party thinks. If William Byron thinks that Joey Logano dumped him intentionally, well, William Byron's going to go out there and, and get his payback. And just like we saw at Darlington too, where it didn't matter that we all thought that it was a pretty innocent thing that William Byron did. It matters what Joey Logano thinks, and I, I to, to me it's it's really clear. It's just. It's all of what the person feels like. And if you feel like you're wrong, then it, the modern era of NASCAR, this environment, is you you have carte blanche to go out there and, and to get retribution. And even today, like, I mean, NASCAR kind of let Denny Hamlin, they had, they, he let, they let Denny take a couple opportunities there. They let, they give him some chances to, to do whatever he wanted to do. And then after, I think it was twice, they said, okay, this is enough. Well, no, it was only after the first one where they, they oh, said that. The first and one, I didn't right. like yeah, that. The first one. I did not like that at all. I'll be honest with, with you. Um, and because it goes back to what we were talking about after Darlington, when we were sitting there in the Miami paddock and I, we, we, we had a discussion about, you know, at some point, NASCAR may have to go down this road of stepping in or starting to think about stepping in because it's going to get to the point where it looks silly or wacky or people are just going to be like, okay, self-policing and it's it's going to go too far. And, you know, when we said, well, we'll, we'll kind of know that line when it, when it happens perhaps. But I mean, there was a point, you know, you know, Hamlin took that swipe at Chastain first and then he came back by again. And there was that point where they're just sort of like, both going way slow behind the pack. Chastain's trying to figure out, okay, how can I get around this guy without him wrecking me? He's trying to still meet minimum speed. Um, and it just looked kind of, you know, clownish a little bit. It just looked silly at least. And I was thinking, you know, NASCAR's probably up there going, oh, geez, they know that's that's not a, a great look. But, you know, for them to have said something after that first swipe, I again, I don't like that because you've let every other thing play out and all this other thing and say self-policing, you can't then just say, all right, you've made your point, Danny. Don't do anything crazy. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. They gave him an opportunity. They gave him one opportunity. Like it's one op- – like how many no, opportunities no, that Denny wasn't, get? No, you cannot you, – you can give him unlimited opportunities because there's no standard and no rules. Why, why are they deciding now is the time to say, okay, you get one chance? Since what? Well, because they have before they have said they've they've not let they've done this isn't like they're being inconsistent they have they have done before they're like hey you can't just go out there if you if you're pissed off and you're going to take we're going to give you three cracks at this they're pretty consistent where like we're going to give you an opportunity to kind of you know quote unquote get revenge but we're not going to let you just go out there and blatantly go after somebody and go after somebody and go after somebody until you you get what you feel like like they gave you one last year Harvick took a swipe at Elliot before he took him out at the Roval. And then he got him back. And then it happened so quick, though. And then, but the the the, the second one when he actually hit Elliot happened so quick. NASCAR never had a chance to step in. I, I just no. I, I think you're either you've either got to say, look, here's the standards, uh, here's what we let, uh, here's what we allow, here's what we don't allow, or just completely go hands off because that's not you, that's just not a thing. Like uh, you can't go completely hands off. You can they never are. Go they already have off. gone completely hands off, so you can't change it now. Really? No, they have not. They've just, they have literally suspended drivers for being aggressive and stuff. I mean, within the last six years. Are you talking about Matt Kenseth? Yeah, I mean, you, you well, can't was, let somebody. That was an egregious, can't... unsportsmanlike, playoff-changing incident. Sure, that but was... the point is, is that they do they do step in, and you can't just sit there. You can't let you're talking about turning into a clown show. If you don't have like some standard, of like, hey, listen, we're going to give you one crack at this. That's fine, and you know, yeah, we're going to be a little loose on this. 
But we can't just let you go out there and keep doing this over and over Why? again until you feel satisfied. Why? Why? Because then, then it's going to turn into a clown show. Then it will turn into it that already, clown show. That's the, that's what I was saying before. This is the environment that has been created. And so, you, you know, I look, you, you can't. No, I, I totally disagree with them saying, okay, the, now the new rule is you get one chance to try to swipe at somebody or, or mess with them and then keep going about the race after you've got punted into the wall. That's not so. That's so then, so Hamlin it. get so Hamlin can take as many cracks at Chastain he, as he wants until he actually successfully completes the payback. Is that what you're saying? That's what self policing is, right? Okay, interesting. That that's my view. Yeah. To me, self policing is like you get one crack at this, and if you if you're successful, now, now good, and you've sent your mess. Where where NASCAR would want to step in is let's say Denny wrecked. Um, Chastain and got his revenge and then the next race went out and wrecked him again and again. Obviously, NASCAR is going to be like, all right, no, absolutely not. That's not happening. This has gone way too far. Um, you're not going to be intentionally taking somebody out of a race over and over again. That's, you know, but... So how do you how do you feel too about it? I mean, this is, it's a little bit of a, a, a leap, but, I mean, Denny, when he did this today, was laps down. I think he was four laps down, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Like, so he's kind of out of the race effectively at this point. Chastain was not very much in contention. He was running in the top ten. And so, like, where where is that on, on where you, you're you comfortable with NASCAR stepping in? Because, again, this isn't racing at this point. They're, 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 you know, Denny's out of this race effectively. Where are you at? Because to me, it was like, okay, okay, if you want to do it now, that's fine. But to me, like, it goes back to what we said as well. It's just like, Denny, like, save it. Don't use it now. Didn't. Use he it didn't. when it's going to hurt. He didn't touch him. He just drove him down the track, essentially, number one. Number two, it's not the playoff, so I think that's different. Um, NASCAR has shown a hands-off approach to this. Number three, Denny's the one that got more wronged still than Chastain did. Denny was the one that got his day ruined. Chastain still finished in the top ten. Um, and the person that took revenge on him was Chase Elliott, not Hamlin. So again, I think it has to be a standard of, okay, he got him back by putting him in the wall, just like he got put in the wall or punting him just like he got punted or spinning somebody just like they got spun. Um, just <laughs> what, you know, you don't agree. No, I just, it's just, it's, it's over to me. It's just a lot. It's just, it's a lot to, it almost goes back to what I said, which is like, you almost need someone to kind of like keep track of this all because it's like, Oh no, no. Now you, you pushed him down in the grass and you made his day really complicated and you, you caused him, you contributed to him falling out of the top 10. And he was, I think he was ranked 33rd at one point, second to last card in the lead lap. Like, no, no, we're not going to count that because we don't feel like it's just, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to navigate. It's a lot of, nuance and details and it just seems I, like a little I, too much i'm sorry i have to disagree i think it's the most simple concept there is an eye for an eye that's that's how it is you wreck no. you wreck me i wreck you you spin me i spin you anything short of the same now again there's there's different levels of it because when you go to the harvick well, thing so El the, yeah harvick well, hang on a second though so by your by your standard though so elliot got revenge day because he pushed Chastain in the wall. But Chastain didn't have any damage and his race wasn't even, you know, remotely affected at all. But Elliott's race was certainly impacted. I mean, he, he was able to come back and didn't have a great finish or anything, but his race, he didn't, I don't even think he lost a lap. So, is that even really technically an eye for an eye though? Because, I mean, if I'm if I'm Chase Elliott, I'm looking at this going, 
I just spun out on the front stretch and got into a wreck with other cars and, you know, damaged my car. And yet I, I you know, I pushed Chastain into the wall, but he, he basically kissed the wall and kept going. I mean, is that really an eye for an eye, though? Well, it, you can't control the outcome because racing is is there's always going to be weird things that happen like after contact or when even when you're trying to do something. But I think the message was I'm going to bump you and knock you out of the way now because you had contact with me and spun me. So I think that okay. that's why I think that one has to be done. Um, you know, we, I can go through all these. I think it's again, very simple. Um, like the Elliot thing at, at Bristol last year that Harvick retaliated for, um, Harvick overreacted and over retaliated because, um, Elliot w- was mad in the first place because he had been taken out. And, um, so then he decided to prevent, um, Harvick from winning and, you know, Harvick took that then and then basically tried to eliminate Elliot from the playoffs, which was unsuccessful. That That's going too far. That's uh, an extra extra added thing. Um, just like the Logano thing was uh, too far, too much of an uh, overreaction. I think Hamlin so far has not seen that. So that's that's where I've that's where I land on that. Um, I'll be interested to hear what all you all the listeners think, because we've sorry, we've gone on about this for a while. But I'm I, I feel like I no I feel like. Uh, this is a this is clear cut. It shouldn't be that hard to me. I don't know. We'll we'll see what everybody else thinks. But Judge Jeff, I'm I'm down for it. Does it does it? I like come it. I'm with any sort of pay or anything. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a few bucks. I'll kick you a few bucks your way. We'll get you a robe and maybe like a wig and you can get a little gavel and it'll be perfect. Okay, I'm down. Well, there was other things that happened in the race, <laughs> and um, you know, I, I first of all, um, let let me back up because I want to talk about um, Gateway in general, the the racetrack. So there was a few things, right? I thought that I was very worried that there was going to be a Kentucky-ish parking sure. situation today, traffic situation. Um, the there's not a lot of people were. Yeah, there's not enough parking. Uh, I think is is why they did this, and um, so they had to make everybody prepay, pre-purchase these parking passes. If you were going to show up at the track and park today. You had to have a parking pass ahead of time. You could not just show up, come to the lot and say, here's my 10 bucks, here's my 30 bucks, whatever it is, and get into a lot. So I thought, well, that's going to, how are they going to possibly get the message out to enough people? Let me just, I have never heard of that, by the way, for any sporting event ever. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I don't think I have either. Um, Which is really crazy to think about. It's like, that should be, it's really hard to get that out to your audience. Like, oh, by the way, if you don't, pay in advance for a parking spot you can't park here i I, that just it blows my mind that that it's that way yeah but uh i mean from what i could tell i mean i agree i know you're gonna say and i agree yeah like it it didn't seem to be a huge snafu i mean there was traffic of course i mean there was fifty seven thousand people here or at least probably more because that was the grandstands um and and there's only one way in and one way out of this track from the highway um so Mm you knew it was going to be traffic and I, I got here early and was thinking, boy, if people don't get here early, early, they're going to be screwed. But people kind of did get here early and the midway was very impressive. I've been to a lot of tracks recently in NASCAR, um, even before the pandemic where you're like, man, there's nothing out here for fans to do anymore. This is sad because you remember used to be packed with all sorts Mm -hmm. of stuff. And, um, I'll say out on the midway they had, I mean, it was, it's, it's a small sort of midway. Like it's not, super wide footprint wise. But I mean, there was pretty much some sort of tent or concession or something. 
uh, everywhere you looked, there was multiple stages of pre-race, you know, type entertainment going on. Um, whether that was like the, uh, the Kenny Wallace, uh, John Roberts revitalization of, of the old speed stage type thing in the morning, (laughs) they had this music festival sort of thing that has been going on throughout the weekend with, uh, stages in turn one stage inside the fan zone down here, um, in the infield, a stage outside on the concourse, um, the, the local vendors I really liked, like there's a, there's this local barbecue place that I went here the first night, uh, because it had like big Yelp reviews. And then I was walking down the, um, midway and they had like a little tent here, um, that they were right. cooking their barbecue right out on the concourse. And I thought, well, that's cool. That's like a, you know, local St. Louis flavor. So, um, you know, the, this track is old. The facility is not up to par, so to speak, of like what we think of as the normal cup facility anymore. Like it reminds me of sort of like Phoenix before the renovation project. But but I think that's changed though. I think our narrative, I think I feel like our narrative has to change on that, at least on personal level, because I, for a long time, I had, you know, we, we've, we've said this like, oh, well, if you're going to have a race, a NASCAR Cup Series race, you got to have a certain expectation. It's got to be a certain venue. You got to have this kind of, you know, accommodations, this kind of infrastructure. And I feel like, I don't know how to say this disparagingly, but like, I feel like that's been lowered a little bit because you're going to places now that maybe aren't like that. And Gateway's one of them. Um, you know, Xfinity Series went to Portland and they're trying to see if that works. You know, you heard about this a little bit at Road America last year. You're just kind of seeing this a little bit of like even Texas Motor Speedway, which there's all sorts of issues there with the infrastructure. And it's not to the level it once was of like, does it really matter? And I don't know if it really does anymore. Like, I, I don't know if you need those palaces like they once were because i don't know if that it, it, i don't even think it matters i think as long as you have a good product that goes comes across that way on television and then you do all the other stuff whether you're bringing in concerts whether it's nelly or ice cube or wherever you know to, to perform you can get away with maybe not having all these other bells and whistles well i i think you know what's just as important and and this is what gateway did so well is the use of your property and how you use it um you know they had told us on this conference call going into the weekend oh you know we have this new fan walk and fan zone that's going to be sort of our version of like the vegas uh daytona type fan walk where you can see in the garages or you know stuff like that so when i got here i was thinking oh there's going to be some elevated you know platform type thing no it was just like there's a bicycle fencing all through the garage area where fans could like (laughs) lean up on the fencing and be pretty close to the cars because they're pretty much in the garage area. And then there's this fan zone with like a few tents and things like that. But people seem to like it. I mean, you could get up close to everything that was going on during practice. Um, You didn't need sort of like this epic uh, environment uh, to have it. And so I thought, well, that, that was a, you know, a good use of that. Uh, people were getting autographs and stuff like that. Um, and if, if the trade-off is that you were, you are getting to a new market, um, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's gotta be worth it because like at the, Agreed. at the tweet up today, we had a, a nice big crowd and, um, Bob and I said, you know, who, how many of you, uh, here are here for your very first NASCAR cup series race. And obviously these are people who follow Bob and I on Twitter, right? So they must be NASCAR fans in the first place, or you wouldn't be following NASCAR journalists on Twitter. Well, about 20% of the people there raised their hand. said, this is our first 
NASCAR Cup Series race. And so we said, well, why? Like, you know, are you just local and you haven't really wanted to travel? And they said, yeah, you know, other races, yeah. There's, I mean, Indianapolis is four hours away. There's other uh, Kansas Speedways four hours away, stuff like that. But, you know, we haven't really just been able to make the trip. Here it comes to our backyard or, you know, I only live an hour away. I only live 30 minutes away. So I decided to come out for it. And, I mean, you can't, that that can't be emphasized enough that, NASCAR's got to get into these new markets. I mean, look at look at that crowd in Portland. Holy cow. It's raining. Absolutely. Miserable. And from what I understand, it was absolutely jam-packed from every picture and text I was getting from my old Portland friends there. Um, huge crowd and, and miserable weather. And they were starving for NASCAR, and they got to go see a NASCAR race. A lot of those people um, had never been to a NASCAR race of any kind because the nearest track to Portland is – like 10 hours away in Sonoma or something. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing what, what you think about the, what NASCAR can do when they can get into these new markets. And I think this was a great example of, uh, tons of positivity coming out of this event. It, it reminds me of the conversation we had last year about SRX, um, when they had the race up in Connecticut and it, it goes back to, you know, well, you know, it's a short track and they don't have the infrastructure and the facilities and the grand, you know, grandstands have limited capacity, that kind of thing. It's like, at the end of the day, I, I don't, my, I had a belief once that all of that mattered and it does to some degree still, but not to the, not to the level it does. It, 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 it needs to be at. And like you said, Jeff, and I agree, like if you have an opportunity to get into a major market and you can race there and, and the place isn't, you know, a burning dumpster fire, like, you got to at least explore it. You got to try it. And Gateway's got its challenges. But if you can get into St. Louis and get a sellout crowd, you got to try it. If you can go into the LA Coliseum, which is an aging facility, but you can build a, 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 a pop-up racetrack, you got to try it. I mean, if you want to get into the Pacific Northwest and there's no viable way to do it other than racing at Portland, which is a, you, you know this better than anybody, it's just not up to, to snuff in terms of infrastructure or anything else. Like, you got to try it because the payoff is potentially worth it. Yeah. Well, I will say, I mean, that Portland track, um, uh, I've, I've told many of you this before, but they, they've, they've still got a ton of work to do if they're going to try to, um, you know, I, I, I was disappointed to see that, um, from, from what my friends were saying, they, they didn't even come close to what they have there for the IndyCar race. Um, like in terms of, uh, bringing in temporary stands and suites and concessions. And, um, apparently it was like they had, it was like only cash only for the, uh, concessions. Ooh, uh, they couldn't run ooh. the credit cards or something. Um, so people were sending me pictures of like green, like moldy moss on the grandstands. They hadn't cleaned up off the stands. Ooh. Um, see that, that's, that, that, and that, that's a level though, that, that, that's unacceptable. I, and I don't, you know, this, I don't care if it's a second tier NASCAR race. You can't do that. That, that is, that is ridiculous. Like there has to be some level of professionalism of, Hey, we're going to make sure that the people that come out and spend their money, they're going to get, they're going to at least be greedy with the you know, halfway decent accommodations. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they've just got a lot of work to do there. And, and I think here at gateway too, I mean, but I, you know, they just found out they were getting this race last September, essentially. Um, yeah, they knew longer than that. See, I don't buy okay. that argument. That drives me crazy because okay. they had, they knew this for a year plus and like, come on, like, and I will say this, they've been fighting to get a cup race for a long time, really since NASCAR started going back there with the, the truck series, they've been wanting this, like, and they've had IndyCar come there. It's like, 
you've you've been fighting for this. You knew this was potentially on the horizon. Like you you have to be prepared. Don't give me the excuse that oh well we just found out last fall officially. No no don't do that. Well I'm I'm, I'm not, not saying that in terms of like the the stuff you can control now, but like in terms of uh, building a, like a new tower, for instance, like um, sure they have sort of a a rickety old it's kind of. It kind of looks like a high school press box for football of, of, of a scoring tower. <laughs> the spotters hated it. I mean, I, I, I was texting a couple spotters and they were like, they, they said the sight lines were abysmal. Yeah. Well, they, they couldn't stand like the, the suites, the new suites building, I guess they had sold like the top of it as like a party, party deck kind of thing. Um, I think it's a new building it, it down in turn one and they couldn't stand there. And then I guess on top of the, uh, on top of the actual scoring tower was not, uh, suitable for the spotters and uh, I think you needed like a ladder to get up there anyway and stuff like that maybe but um, so they, they had them I think in, in sort of an alternate location but um, so I'm sure that they were not happy about that but you know I think that's what I'm saying like they might build a new press box or a new um, you know just you know build permanent buildings in the media in, in the uh, infield near the media center here that I'm, I'm standing up I'm standing in sort of like this old um, remember when they used to have scorers like by hand yeah. NASCAR. Oh yeah. Uh, I think that's what the room I'm in now is like for, was for the scorers. Um, there's like a bunch of old stuff in here. I don't even know what, what it's being used for anymore. But um, I guess my point is like, there's, there's, you know, maybe once you get the commitment, like, okay, Hey, Hey, this has gone well. Now you can really start some construction and uh, build some big things. But, you know, again, for what they had to work with, um, it was clear that they they put in an effort. They put in an effort to entertain the fans, to bring, you know, stuff to do. Um, so, you know, even right now, I mean, it's probably two hours after the race. I'm watching this stream of people. The concert must have just ended, and they're all walking down the front stretch of the track, um, and the sun is setting, and it's like, you know, these people had a big full day, you know. So that's what you want as a fan. You want your you want something mm -hmm. to do for a few hours before the race stick around after the race, watch a concert, beat the traffic. So again, you want bang for your buck. Yeah. And, and kudos, I mean, kudos to the track, especially a first year event for pulling all that together. That's, you know, you're sort of limited with what you can do with the, with the facility, but when you make people happy, you're going to get return customers. So I think that's, that's a bonus, uh, positive. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, wow them with the bells and whistles. You know, give them everything. Give them all the extracurricular stuff you can give them. Make people want to come out, spend money, get them there early, keep keep them there late, and they have a full day. And that's what a lot of racetracks need to do a better job of. And we're seeing it more now in NASCAR, but you can still see even more. And I, and I think that's a good thing. So, Jordan, uh, I know we're kind of jumping around here, but there was another um, now two-time winner today. So you have four drivers that have won two races, seven drivers have won one race each. Uh, and there's only 11 races left in the regular season now. So you would have to have um, six different winners in the next 11 races to go over that mark of the 16 in the playoffs. Uh, if you have a win, are you getting more comfortable? Like if you're in Austin Sindrick, are you getting more comfortable now that your, your win is probably going to hold up as a, a playoff invitation? I am there's you know, like you said, 11 races left and I'm looking at, you know, to me, it's a couple things. One, we're starting to see some guys assert themselves now. I mean, Joey Logano's got a second win. Kyle Busch, I mean, that he doesn't have two wins this year is remarkable because he's really running, running well. 
you feel like Denny Hamlin could get another one anytime. Kyle Larson. I mean, I just look at the guys who are in contention on a regular basis, and they're, they're you feel like they're going to start racking up some wins. And then the second is, I look today at the final you know point standings coming out of this, and I'm like looking at it going, okay, yeah, I, I understand we got some wild card tracks, and you know you get some road courses coming up. You still got to land out there, and you got Daytona. And I get all that, but really though, if you look at it. There's not a lot of guys that I feel super confident in that can go out and win a race that aren't already in the playoff picture. Um, I, I, out of respect, I guess we'll throw Kevin Harvick in there, though. I, I mean, I stand by my comments a couple weeks ago. I feel like his season's going the other direction, and I'm not sure if that's going to be reversed. And now he's outside the playoff line. Austin Dillon has had some speed this year at times, some race-winning speed. They just haven't been able to convert. Eric Jones, Eric Jones has surprised people. You know, Bubba Wallace is always a threat to, to win at Atlanta and, and Daytona. But the, my, my point is, though, there's just it, that list of guys that you think could be in contention, and really on a road course even, is is pretty small. So I, I do not think we're going to see, you know, more winners than playoff spots available. And I think it's going to end up being, you know, probably 14 winners and, you know, two wildcard spots off points. Yeah, and of course, Reddick's still out there. But, you know, each passing yep. week... Um... I think, but he's in there right now, though. He's he's currently above the cutoff line, just past Harvick. Right, Harvick fell out today. Reddick moved in, um, but you know it's it's just sort of um, it, it it gets tougher and tougher to picture now that, like you said, you're starting to see some strength. And what I thought was really interesting about this weekend, and it, and this race didn't start this way, but you know you had the full practice, and Joey Logano was fastest in like almost every category. I think Blaney had a faster five lap average maybe, but I think Logano was faster in like 10 lap, 15 lap and fastest single lap, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, he had the fastest car here it, and he didn't qualify that well. And so it, it kind of took him some time to get up there. He, he wasn't in the top 10 for a little bit, but once they got their car together, um, you know, even, even at the end there, I mean, Kyle Busch just, just didn't have anything for him, uh, despite their, that good, racing in overtime. Um, so, you know, look, essentially the fastest car won the race. And I'm not sure that's something we've seen that often this year, um, with some wild and unpredictable things happening. And it's been tough to tell, like, well, that, you know, this guy, yeah, maybe he has speed, but this guy does too. I mean, the Penske cars all showed up today and, and, you know, they were fast and, um, you don't know what would happen with, you know, Chase Briscoe, uh, another Ford, had he, not had his his tire issue um, while leading. Uh, Ryan Blaney had a really fast car today too, and if he would, I felt like if he would have gotten the lead and track position, you weren't going to be able to pass him. And he had a flat tire as well. Um, yes, it, it was interesting hearing Paul Wolf talk afterwards, Lagana's crew chief. You know, he was saying, "Look, you know, because there's been this whole conversation about Goodyear and and the teams and who to blame and who to point the finger at." And Paul Wolf said, there's probably not one team in this garage that's following what Goodyear is telling them to do. <laughs> but the problem is you can't because if you do that, yeah. you are leaving so much speed on the table. He said, there's speed there to try and push it as much as you can. And the problem is the teams, you know, because the car is still so new, they're still trying to understand the loads that each track gives. Um, you know, there, it's just not an exact science. And so some people are still popping tires and blowing tires. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's not a good look, but he said, you, you cannot, you, you just have to, you have to push it in those areas or else you're going to get your butt kicked. So 
that's a really interesting story to keep an eye on, obviously, because it, it seems to be a continued trend. You'd think the teams would sort of get it in a, a, a better window at, at some point, but, you know, I don't know what that is. So, and especially without, with still limited practice, that, that plays into a factor too. Cause like William Byron had his issue in practice, right? Uh, I think 300 cars had a flat tire in practice, but Byron said, you know, so they go out for their first run, get the flat tire, come back in, make adjustments, did several more runs, never had a problem again. And, um, was able to go through the whole race without a flat tire. So, you know, that's, that's the value of practice as well that we haven't seen very much, but, um, and, and that would help sort of eliminate some of the tire problems during races if they had more of that. Now this was a new track. That's why they had so much practice. But um, I miss practice, by the way. Well, the drivers were saying that too. I mean, there, I mean, there I, seems to be a movement to bring we, bring more back. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to go back to the, what did they used to be three practice sessions plus qualifying is what it was. Yeah, essentially like, three fifty minute practice yeah. sessions plus. So qualifying. it was so far on that end of the spectrum. Like it was too much. Was, the weekend was too. It was too spread out. It was too much. But I think we've gone the other way now, where it's too much. The other way where. You don't have enough practice. There's not enough on-track activity. And this was something that really hit me last weekend for the 600, which is this crown jewel race of, like, it's good to have cars on the track because it kind of gives you a little bit of hype, a little bit of buildup of, oh, so-and-so's got some speed this weekend or so-and-so's this. And, and it gets people talking instead of just jumping in 15 minutes of practice, qualifying, and then it's like, boom, it's over with. It's like, I, I miss practice. I think it, it, think it helps the show. I think it helps the extracurricular stuff. Kind of we talked about of giving the audience more. And I think there's a balance of too much and too little. And I think right now we've gone completely the other way. Well, Brad Keselowski had some pretty fairly strong comments on this topic um, during our interview session uh, with the media this weekend. And he said, basically, like, yeah, they might have saved, say, a million bucks or something on, you know, travel and tires or whatever, uh, you know, not you know, having a two day weekend and not doing as much practice and all that stuff. But he said, then we, we all turn around and we put that right back into engineering because that made simulation <laughs> yeah. so much more important, right? Because if you're not going to have practice, yeah. you better get your simulation exactly right. So you can unload immediately and be fast. So that's made that much more emphasis on that. Um, so he said it really hasn't saved any money from like an ownership perspective. He feels like, um, so he's like, his thing I've was that for a lot of people. Yeah. So his thing was uh, just, and that, might just, as well not just, just practice qualifying, but like different things of like, Hey, yeah, we're not spending, you know, on travel or this or that. And no, we're, we're, you think we're, we're saving that money and putting it in our back pockets? Hell no. We're, we're putting it towards something else. We're finding different. I literally had somebody, um, from remember what the pit guns was a thing. Right. And they were like, yeah, we're, we don't have guys working on the pit guns anymore because we can't do that anymore. But we, we've got those guys that help develop our pit guns. We put them on a different on a different thing, and they're trying to figure out different advantages. Like, that, that's Brad's right. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think if you have team owners who are willing to say, hey, let's, let's spend more money again, um, I think NASCAR would certainly be all for it because the tracks want more you know, content sure. for, for their race weekends. TV and does TV. Sure. Yep. Um, and it seems like the drivers want it because they feel like, I mean, every driver is going to say, well, if I only had more practice, I could have got my car a little bit better. Right. So what driver is going to say, nah, I don't need practice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I just think it'd be a plus if they were able to start doing more of it. Um, I mean, these, these, you know, everything seems pretty back to normal 
um, COVID wise, knock on wood that there's not some other crazy thing that comes up. But, you know, at this point with, with the amount of people who are coming out to race weekends, I mean, you sh- there was a pretty decent crowd here. Um, even for qualifying on, on, uh, well practice on Friday, um, qualifying Saturday, the truck race Saturday here. I mean, it was for a truck race. It was a pretty decent crowd. So people want to come out and see race cars, you know? So, um, I think it'd be good. I don't think two 50 minute practice sessions and then a qualifying session is too much. I think that, I think that's a fair balance. Yeah. And you know, of course there's logistics stuff, you know, like inspection and all that things you have to make time for that a whole different ball of wax. What's that? <laughs> I said the whole different ball of wax. Yeah. I mean, you, we have, can, we, you we have to build in time. So it's not as easy as just saying, well, let them do one more. I mean, you have to move other things around. There's a lot uh, of stuff that needs track time during the weekend, but, um, you know, it has gone sort of some from one extreme to another. And there's probably, um, as, as Kozlowski said, a, a middle ground that would be, you know, would make sense for everybody. So, um, yeah, that's something to watch as well. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to bring up with you, um, you know, uh, Carson Hosevar, we don't know, uh, exactly his status yet. Uh, he posted that, um, there was an ankle injury and, um, obviously, you know, he was taken to the hospital after the truck series race and he said, he's not going to comment on exactly what's going on until he sees a specialist. But obviously when you're getting into that territory, it doesn't sound like it's, uh, great news. Um, so, you know, but one thing that there was this video that came out and I don't even know how mm. this audio and video, somebody, I don't know if it was leaked or how somebody would get this. Um, cause it was like the, the audio of like his in car matched up with this camera shot. Um, and it kind of made the rounds, uh, on the internet and, you know, Hosevar was basically saying, you know, help me, help me. And the, the safety workers weren't coming Um, and then they finally got there and he was like, help me, help me. And they're like, what, you know, and it just, the response, um, wasn't great. And then you had, uh, Kozlowski talking this week about how, um, he wasn't pleased with the the Busher response last week at, uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway because Busher was hanging upside down for, uh, more than six minutes and, uh, apparently wasn't too happy about that. The team wasn't happy about that. They, they would have liked to see something faster there. So. Um, do you think this is something Jordan that NASCAR needs to address or is this just uh, unfortunate, you know, sort of two back-to-back weeks where you see something and you're like, you know, it's, it's just bad timing essentially. Yeah. I mean, I think safety can always be better. I, I, I think you can always look for ways to improve. And I, I didn't have an issue with what transpired at Charlotte. I thought the safety crew there did a really good job of, they were immediately on top of the car. They got confirmation that Chris was fine he wasn't hurt you could see them give a thumbs up and once they knew that they go into their protocols and yeah i mean would you like to see six minutes reduced absolutely but he was fine he was not dangling or anything he was strapped in securely in the car you can't just let him go because he's gonna fall like i mean i was okay with that process yes get it down to you know more reasonable time it's also the first time they really had to deal with this in real time so okay with that i was fine with that i think they did a good job with that what the video I saw that you retweeted this morning, that was concerning because it. I, I looked at it. I looked at it multiple times, and it was like I was waiting for the. I'm listening to this audio, and it's it's hard. Like he's in pain, like in pain, and you're waiting for the safety worker to get there. You're waiting for him to get there, and it's not happening. And you're like, why is this going on? Like this just felt like it took longer than it needed to. 
And um, I forgot who it was. There was one driver commented on it, said that, and that Carson, you know, put down his window net. And the universal sign that you're okay is if you put your window net down. And so maybe that played into it. They, hey, they, they saw this eight, the window net and they're thinking, you know what, he's, he's fine, he's going to get out. And maybe that was why they were a little slow getting over there. But still, even then, you just want to see a little bit more urgency. You want to see more uh, on top of that of, hey, this guy was just hit driver's side door hard. Like, we need – I don't care if his window net's down or not. We need to make sure that, some, you know, he's okay. That, that, that was my big takeaway. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I don't know – you know, if NASCAR doesn't, do they have a spotter down there who would tell people like, because they go to the other yeah. trucks first and the truck that really got hammered was the one that, you know, was getting the, the attention last. And it's like, they, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't somebody be saying, Hey, go to that truck, go to that truck or something. I, I, they I don't do. know. I, I've been in the scoring tower before for, um, a story different athletic and they do have, I mean, you can, they are there directing of, Hey, so-and-so, this vehicle was took a hard hit. Go to that one first, you know, and then they then the second safety vehicle is okay. Go here. They're kind of they're kind of dispersing them as they feel is a needed basis. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, you know that that seems like a miss. Um, I, I will disagree with you on the the busher thing as well because I mean to me I understand what you're saying about okay, you know let's do the proper protocols and like ease him back over you know, make sure we don't injure him worse or whatever, or damage the car more or whatever. But here's the thing. I mean, that car barrel rolled like six times or something over and sure. over and was completely trashed. If he's hanging upside down saying, Hey, I'm not hurt. Get me out of here. And they're like, all right, let's ease you back over. Just at that point, just flip him back over because well, I mean, what more damage are you going to do? You're not going to injure him after he just. There's a cons- what? Yeah, the concern is that you could, it's a jarring thing of flipping him over, and you know, you want to do it easy like they a did. Barrel roll wasn't the car. a jarring thing. That's fine. I'm not saying that he's great. He's healthy. He also doesn't know 100 percent that he's healthy either. They want to make sure that he's you know that he he didn't sustain an injury that he doesn't know about, or you know, he's in shock or anything like that. And I, I get it. Like, yeah, you want to see it quicker, and they and they'll do it quicker. This was the first time, but like. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't angry about that. I understand what you're saying, but it's like, it's that they, they do what they're doing and they're on top of it. I was, I was impressed with what they did on that one. No, I, I think it needs to be, I think, I think it needs to be faster. You can't, you can't leave drivers hanging upside down for six minutes. And, and the, no, I, I don't disagree. You can be shorter, but also you can't just flip the car over and like, and then, then, then them shot, you know, shake him, the impact of him rolling over and getting shook again. That's, that's not a, that, that's a way to hurt somebody. Well, I mean, I I still feel like there's a way you can you can do it. I mean, even three sure. minutes. I mean, no. I, and again, I, I think I think you will. And the fact that this was the first time that they'd ever done this, I think that was probably there was some apprehension there of, you know, how to do this and everything. And I, I agree, six minutes is too long, but I wasn't I wasn't offended by it. So what else um, from this weekend? Obviously, you know, I, I'm sure you you watch Portland, and uh, I wish, man, that that was. That turn one at Portland is <laughs> I unbelievable. It was going to be crazier than it was. It was crazy. I thought it was even be crazier. I was almost disappointed. Really? I mean, it can't get much crazier than that. Oh man, I thought we were going to have like a twenty car pileup or something. Like lap one, I thought it was going to be nuts. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm team chaos, Jeff. You know this. I thought it was just going to be absolutely nuts. Portland looked good. It was racy. I mean, it was in the rain. It was a good race. Um, you know, AJ Allmendinger is just on a next level. One, it's almost unfair. It feels like. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's he it's really like, is. I mean, he's so good. Um, and, and you put him in a wet conditions, it's just like, come on, this is not. I mean, he's just. It's like a boy amongst men. Yeah, know? I mean, man amongst boys. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yes, I, I did. I did. <laughs> and and you know, honestly, um, unfortunately, it it you know he kind of lost his cool look like, um, but Ty Gibbs was running a really good race. Um, yeah. Very smooth and super impressive um then you know he he kind of got into it with gregson and, and now that that's going to be another payback that that comes it sounded like from gregson's comments afterwards um unfortunate that that jesse wuji there got into the the what leader the heck was that about like that i i have never seen that i've never seen that i guess you know he said uh he put out a statement um that said he was told that uh i guess he was coming coming off pit road and the leader passed him and wasn't supposed to. So I think he was going to get his lap back or was told that he was going to get his lap back and go by the leader. And, um, I think, I guess he thought Ty was swinging out wide to give him the spot, but he was, Ty was just swinging out, you know, arcing in to go to, to make the corner in mm-hmm. the chicane. And, um, you know, and then NASCAR obviously, said, Hey, look in, in the future, you need to, um, you need, if you're going to get your lap back, you need to pass on the straightaway. Um, that's, that's not where you pass in the, in the chicane, but un- unfortunately for Jesse, it's just adding up to a lot of things. That's like, um, you know, it's sort of a track record now where you're like, well, this, you know, one incident's this, weird or yeah. two, but you know, it's just like, Oh man, this, this sort of thing keeps happening. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I feel like he's it's a reflection on him. It, it really is like, I mean, at some point like, there has to be an awareness of th- these incidents have to stop happening and they're not. And that that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, you can't I, I don't know. Whatever whatever the reason you want to say, you just can't take out the leader of the race under caution no. um, as a three lap down car. Like it's just it can't. There's got to be better way happen. Ways. Yeah. This is a professional sport. You know, it's like. It's rough. It's a rough look. Um, you know, he seems like a really nice guy, uh, you know, serve the country and everything like that. But it's just, um, man, you, this, you just can't, you, it just can't happen. It just can't. So, um, you know, at, at some point I think NASCAR is going to have to say, look, you, you're going to have to, I mean, some, you know, they're, they're responsible for licensing and, and making sure everybody on the track is safe. And, you know, we've seen this, this process of like, Oh, you know, we're not going to let Jennifer Joe Cobb, you know, race in cup or whatever. Cause we don't think it's, we think it's a safety thing or whatever. Right. I mean, you know, at, at some point you have to say, well, look, Jesse, you know, you've got to stop these incidents or, you know, you're, you're not going to be licensed for these races. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just not, not a, a good situation for him, but, um, you know, hopefully it's, hopefully that's the last one for everybody, you know? Hope so. Probably won't be though. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else, what else from this weekend? Man, it just seems like there was so much, uh, I, 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 unfortunately I didn't get to watch any of the IndyCar race at all. I'm sorry, uh, to those of you who want some IndyCar talk, I saw willpower one, but it was at the exact same time as the cup race. Really inconvenient, not cool. I really wish that hadn't happened, but, uh, I hate when they go head to head, you know? Uh, I, I get why I, I know that these series are kind of beholden to their television partners and everything, but like you say, it's just doesn't seem to make any sense. I, I guess the positive out of this is now we only have one more race left on Fox sports and then NASCAR ships over to NBC. So these conflicts are going to be 
I, I would, I think, without looking at the schedule, I think there might. I don't think there's any more the rest of the year. If not, there's only probably one. Uh, well, that that could be good. Yeah, um, it is. You know, I I think from IndyCar's perspective, especially, I mean, they've it's they've got them. their core audience, right, and the people who are always going to watch IndyCar no matter what. But I think IndyCar gets a decent amount of crossover NASCAR fans when there's not a NASCAR race on. And sure. be like, oh, well, we like racing. We'll we'll watch it. We'll give it a shot. I'm not saying every NASCAR fan wants to watch an IndyCar road race or something, but you know, you no, but there's enough. But yeah, yeah, there's enough motorsports people. Like, I mean, we're perfect examples, Jeff. Like, we would we would have certainly have watched. I had it on my device as I was watching the NASCAR race, but I, I full disclosure, I wasn't able to focus on that race intently because I, the Cup race was on, and that that takes priority. So well, and especially coming of off the Indy like 500, where you had a lot of people absolutely watch that, and you'd think, well, let's try to see if we can get any momentum from this, and it's like, no, nah, let's go exactly head to head with the Cup race. So. Most of the motorsports fans in America are just going to watch NASCAR and they won't even know what happened in IndyCar today. And that's a shame. That just seems like, man, could there not have been a better way? Because, uh, you know, NASCAR had a late afternoon start time. I don't know what else mm-hmm. is on USA channel uh, earlier, but. It's probably a Law & Order rerun or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, I'm not kidding. You know, it'll probably turn out that it was some sort of important thing. I don't know. But, gosh, you just wish there'd be some other way to to uh not not have that conflict but anyway well jordan i guess we should just move on to the was a good race poll you know i submitted my guests last week for the coke 600 (laughs) and unfortunately i just overshot it a little bit and allowed you to pick up the win big joe wall 72 who tallies our results points out that you've not only now come back all the way and tied Mm -hmm. it eight to eight uh, but you own the tiebreaker, so you have jumped into the lead after being down like four or something like that at one point, I think. I had a huge lead. It was a runaway. Now you are the leader, and you get to guess first on the gateway. Was it a good race poll? Well, first uh, on the on the comeback, to quote the immortal Randy Moss, straight cash, homie. Um, that's what we're doing right now. So I, you know, I, just, I, got, I got my finger on the pulse of the people, Jeff. That's what it is. I think this week is going to be another one. I think fans are going to be excited. There's lots to talk about. Good finish. The Chastain, Hamlin, Elliott dynamic wasn't the race that a lot of people thought it was going to be, which is a good thing. I'm going to say, I'm going to probably, uh, I'm going to say 83%. Oh, gosh. Did I take your number? Please tell me I took your number. Oh, crap. Yes. Oh, I feel so good. You have no idea how, how wide my smile is right now. I was oh, love it. Low 80s. Uh, I was thinking of 82. Oh, man. Oh, that's a shame. That is painful. Oh, man. I, I don't know Good. what to do with this here. Um, I guess I'll just go a little bit slightly lower. You can have, I'll just, I'll just do like an over under type thing. I'll just take 82.9 and that'll be the end of it. And, <laughs> You have 83, I have 82.9, and that'll be it. All right, fair enough. I mean, I I don't know what else to do. I I think it'll be low 80s probably, but I I don't know that for sure. Yeah. All right, well, uh, any other other final thoughts before we go? Sonoma next week, uh, F1 back in action next week. Um, I think Baku, right? Yeah, Baku, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Baku, it's Baku, and that's that's – 
that's a fun race. <laughs> and you got Sonoma um, with no more yeah. carousel back to the shoot layout. They they hyped yeah. up the carousel. Oh, it's, you know, carousel, carousel. Come watch that. It didn't work. More passing. Yeah, and then it, it, it's gone now. Back back to the it's old. Gone. One. So I, and, yeah. I, and everybody's everybody's like, yeah, it's a good move. It didn't really make the race better at all. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that should be that should be another interesting one. We'll see how that goes. Second road course race with this car after the Coda race, and uh, so yeah, should be fun. So yeah, Coda was a good race. Coda was exciting, entertaining. So hopefully that carries over and we see a good Sonoma race. I feel like we haven't had like a really great beginning to end Sonoma race in some time. Yeah, yeah, it has been a few years. Sonoma for a moments. while was like, oh man, Sonoma is like next level. And now yeah. it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's just, there have been some snoozers really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been good moments. Like I said, I mean, we had a battle last year. Elliot Larson was good for a while. Truex and Harvick a couple years ago. I mean, obviously Danny and, and Tony in 2016, which was all-time finish. But like, it's just, again, beginning to end, they're like, oh my God, this is a great race. Oh my goodness. We haven't had that. Right, right. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, these cars put on a good show and uh, be excited to watch that one from afar. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's more to talk about this weekend. I My head's spinning from all the stuff that happened, but <laughs> I will probably forget something or remember it after we, we uh, hang up here. But um, anyway, in the meantime, we appreciate all you uh, for listening. I, I saw some uh, some more listeners at the tweet up today and they were like, man, like they just they love the podcast and it was so nice uh, of people to say that. Uh, maybe they're lying. I don't know. But, um, you know, they're like every Monday morning putting you guys on and, and uh, you're my first listen of the week every Monday, every Monday. That's great. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool to have friends out there. Uh, feel like, you know, then when you see people that tweet up, you feel like they're your buddies. Cause you're like, Oh, you're, you're listeners. Like I don't have to like, uh, catch up on anything. We're just like already <laughs> jump. You already know where I stand on everything. So let's hear where you stand on things. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, yeah, it was fun. A lot of, a lot of people, uh, at the tweet up like to make fun of Texas. So that seems to be a common thing. Like it's <laughs> a lot of people in the industry like to make fun of Texas. Let's just be real. Yeah. That was, a uh, um, that that's like, uh, the, the most easy thing to agree on across all of NASCAR right now, anything, any yeah. issue going on in NASCAR, whether it's rules or, or anything going on, you'd be like, Hey, Texas sucks. Right. And everybody's like, yeah, it really we sucks. The drivers, everybody's <laughs> it's like, nice to know that the, these divisive times when everybody's got strong opinions and everything, <laughs> we can all come together and agree. Texas yeah. is horrible. Yeah. I mean, even the drivers seem like really uh, oh, sort of gloves too. off about talking, just bashing <laughs> Texas now. Just not a good track. It, it, a good you race. make a good point though. Like the gloves are off though. Like it's just like it's the point of no return, and it goes back to the next gen car. Like the next gen car is this game changer at all of these intermediate tracks, except for one place because it's so bad. Right, right. But I think I think part of the reason too that the gloves are off in a way is because you feel like it's not being listened to. Um, that yeah, you know, true. I, I think probably after after Marcus Smith came out and said, you know, well, it's just, you know, a certain segment of fans or whatever um, that, that like to complain. And it was like, actually, it was the lowest, uh, was it a good race poll of all time by far? Um, but, you know. And, there's a tone deaf. It just yeah. feels like there's a tone deaf about it. And not, and I will you know, I agree with you. And I don't think it's from the NASCAR side, from the conversation I've had with folks. It's from a Speedway Motorsports side of, oh, no, Texas is great. This is blah, blah, blah. It's not. You, whatever you're saying is inaccurate, and there's nothing to support this. 
Yeah, we, we need to like, um, I don't know. What, what, what happens if they announce they're going back there next year? What, what, are, what, what kind of campaign are we going to launch to like protest? Should we march know. in the streets? I, I don't know. I mean, I wrote this and, I, and I, I really do. I feel like it's a middle finger to your audience of like, hey, we're doing all of these great things and we're listening to you on all of this. We're trying to make the product better. We're trying to be fresh, new and exciting and all of this. But oh, by the way, we, we know you all hate Texas. We're going to keep going back there. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know how you could piss off your audience anymore by doing that. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I'm sure we'll, uh, <laughs> It's nice. We to, should, it's nice to agree on that. By the way, we should have like the last couple minutes should just be like a bash Texas segment. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel really bad for like whoever does social media at Texas. That can't be a fun job. <laughs> that that has to be a terrible job. I'm sorry, whoever whoever that is. If you listen to our podcast, we love you. We're we're sorry that. Uh, I hope you get paid a lot. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't hate the player. I hate the That's game. That's just a lot of abuse to take because you're you are oh, Texas Motor Speedway or whatever. You know? Oh man! I, now you make me want to go look through their social media mentions. Oh, it's bad. I've seen every t- every tweet they post. People are just you know. maybe we should do that story. Maybe that's a good story for us to do. Is like you know we should go talk to the uh, social media manager for the voters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, everybody, we appreciate I you. I might do that for the fall. What's that? I might do that for the fall playoff race at Texas. Let's both let's double cover it. I love it. It'll be fun. It'll be a real fun uh... time. Anyway, all right. We appreciate you, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you next time on The Terror.